Local voices, local conversations. NapaBroadcasting.com Thanks for joining us here at NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa may be a world-class destination, but there are many others. Build it and they will come does not apply to tourism. With homage to Dr. Seuss, just think about the places you can go. What that means is that no matter how hot we may be at any given time, it takes ongoing vigilance to make sure that visitors know and come to visit the Napa Valley. They need to know what we offer, how it's constantly changing, and to give the Napa Valley the competitive advantage it deserves. Leading the effort to do this is Visit Napa Valley. And leading Visit Napa Valley for quite a few years now has been our guest, Clay Gregory. It is my pleasure to welcome Clay Gregory back to NapaBroadcasting.com. Clay, thanks so much for coming in. My great pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us again. And I love that uh, intro because one of the things that we've heard from people is, this is the Napa Valley. Why would you have to market it? And now I have a response to that that uh, I think people realize. I say, well, Nike still is marketing Nike and Apple still is marketing Apple and they're both doing pretty darn well. If you don't market yourself, somebody else is marketing themselves. And, And both of those are good examples because they also have ups and downs in their marketing cycle. You know, we, we read, you know, if you follow the business pages at all, you know, Apple's up and it's down and their sales are up and, you know, this is not, a, this is a more fallow period. Right. It's like anything else. No matter how hot you are, you can go cold or at least lukewarm in an instant. And we were so under-marketed for such a long time, and you were certainly here when, when that happened. The old organization, the Napa Valley um, Conference and Visitors Bureau, had a very difficult time getting funding. It never really was a, um, a well-functioning organization, and so we fell behind, especially Sonoma, on the group business front, which is the, the, one of the most important things for us because all of those uh, folks come in on weekdays, and we obviously have more room on weekdays than we do on weekends. And so we were like years and years away from being involved in that, and it's taken us a, a good four or five years to get back to the point where we're really competitive with Sonoma on that front. Of course, the other thing that we hear people say, and you hear it all the time, and I hear it you know, in, in a political context, is that don't we have enough visitors? There's too many. We don't want any more. Yeah, well, we hear that all the time. I think one of the things that, uh, and I know that uh, uh, data doesn't play very well on the radio, but one of the, the great charts that uh, we've used many times is the in the t- 2005 study that Purdue University did, there were about uh, f- 4.9 million visitor days uh, in 2005. In 2014, there were about 5.3. So in that, that nine-year period, the average number of increase in visitors was less than 2% a year. So it feels like there's a lot more, but part of that's because there are more wineries, there are more restaurants, there are you know uh, a lot of other things that f- make it feel like more. And there's more employees, obviously, than there was before, but it hasn't been rampant growth in any way. And one of the other things that, that you've talked about before, and, and certainly it's still part of the mission, is really defining the kind of visitor that we want, a really specific kind that, that, that spends more money, that, that has more overnight stays, et cetera. Exactly. Uh, we, in fact, uh, overnight stays have gone from uh, 1.9, uh, on an average, uh, 1.9 days to now it's over three days, which is great because that means people aren't driving in and out of the valley as much. Uh, it also means they're spending more money. Uh, we're very targeted in the kind of visitor we want to have from 
a um, demographic standpoint and from a cultural standpoint. We want people to who who realize that the Napa Valley is a small place and that it's a it's a fragile um, ecosystem, and we want people to to be able to take care of the the valley the way that uh, our locals take care of the valley. So yeah, that's very important. Talk about the local angle because you were engaged. I guess it was about a year ago. Time goes so quickly. I forget. Maybe it was two years ago. In, in a bit of an initiative to really make locals understand and appreciate the value of tourism to the valley. Well, and actually, we're, we're just getting going on that in a, in a more meaningful way. We started about a year ago, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to become more um, visible. And, and we're taking a little page from uh, what the Napa Valley Vintners went through. When I was on the uh, Vintner board... Um, in uh, the late uh, 1990s, w- what you would see in the register when the uh, auction happened was uh, l- letters saying, why are we taking care of these wealthy people? They're just coming in and, you know, doing this and doing that. And uh, I remember. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that's when the Vintners um, hired Jerry Gill to be their first community relations person. And so they started doing things like having uh, the beneficiaries write letters to the editor in the register. And they uh, bought that billboard every year that's Set up by um, Dean and DeLuca that said um, what's uh, raised in Napa stays in Napa and did many things like that and they really have overcome that and so we're doing kind of a similar thing to make sure that locals know about the benefits for them that come from having tourism not only the economic benefit which it's huge it's 1.6 billion dollars that comes into the into Napa County from tourism but also what I call the ancillary benefits, like the fact that we have these great restaurants that we would never have if we didn't have um, uh, visitors coming in to eat at them. We would certainly not have three performing arts centers. There's many, many things that we get because there are visitors coming in, and we just want to get that message out to the, the local residents and also make sure that the government entities have a really good understanding of how important tourism is. What is, for you and your group, what is the biggest challenge that they have? in selling the Napa Valley? Um, In selling the Napa Valley, I think that people think that the uh, uh, outside of here and who haven't been here think the only things that we have to offer are wine and food. And so people in the old days were okay with that, although the, the, the number one thing that people said would enhance their visit to the Napa Valley in 2005 was some, if there was something to do after dinner because they felt like there was nothing to do after dinner. And so that's changed dramatically. I mean, we now have restaurants that stay open until 2 o'clock in the morning if there's a show at the Uptown. And we have arts that didn't exist before, and so there are things to do on that front. We have all kinds of wellness activities now that we didn't have before. We have, you know... Uh, like Chuck McMinn's um, Vineyard 29, they do a Pilates class up in, uh, in the vineyard, and then they go down into the cellar and have, you know, a wine tasting. So there are so many more things to do uh, than people. I mean, open space. I don't think people have any idea that we have so much open space and so many cool parks like Skyline is 850 acres of open space for people to hike and ride off-road bicycles. So it's, it's getting them to know that we're more than just wine and food. What's been done in terms of, and you just touched on it a little bit, in terms of getting kind of feedback from visitors here? Has there been any kind of a formal process to say these are the things that visitors are saying they like or don't like, et cetera? Absolutely. So we are now, um, this will be, we're doing our third visitor profile study and um, economic impact of tourism study, and we're not doing it, but we hire a company called Destination Analysts who Mm -hmm. are based in San Francisco, and they do work for over 100 um, 
destinations. And so that's when we find out what where our visitors are coming from. We find out what kind of income they have. We kind of find out what they what kind of media they uh, pay attention to. We ask them what they like best about the Napa Valley. We ask them what would enhance your visit to the Napa Valley. So. Um, and, and actually, we're in really good shape. The, uh, the uh, survey that was done in 2012 and the, thir- the survey that was done in 2014 both had the number one thing of what would enhance your um, visit to the Napa Valley. The number one answer, and these are, these are uh, fill-in-the-blank questions. Uh-huh. Uh, the first answer was nothing. It's perfect as is. And that's amazing. Um, the and the uh, first real sort of uh, complaint was about traffic. <laughs> And that was only exactly, but that was less than five percent of the people who complained about that. And if you look at our friends in San Francisco, the first first answer that they get uh, normally is um, that the traffic is really bad, that there are too many homeless, and then the third one is that it's perfect as is. And ours, by far, the biggest answer is it's perfect as is. So we're uh, we're lucky to be in that state. Right. You know, it's one of the funny things about traffic, particularly for visitors, and and. I find it for myself. I mean, I think about this relative to visitors. You know, if, if we're running around during the day, I don't get up Valley that often. You know, and sometimes I'm headed up there, and there'll be traffic, and I don't mind. It's like, gee, this it's pretty nice traffic. It's not like being on the 405 in no, Los Angeles, it's not. and you know, you get a few minutes to yeah. enjoy the the place that you live. So it, even with this traffic, true. it's not so terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been worse the last couple of years because of all the construction, construction. happening on Highway 29. Um, and I think we still have a year to go um, on that front, but it'll be much better when that's done because there will be uh, a middle lane everywhere. So it'll be much better for um, fires and ambulance and those kind of that kind of thing. But it'll also be better for people who want to actually turn left uh, where it's really difficult now. So we just got to get through about one more year of that. Talk a little bit about the kinds of visitors that we're attracting here now is it, and where they're coming from. Are they coming mostly from the Bay Area? Are they coming just from California, international? Is that growing? Where are they coming from? Well, the, the majority of our visitors come from California. The majority of those folks are from um, the Bay Area, and though we, we like those visitors a lot, <laughs> but they usually don't spend the night, so they're not our target. We really want, would rather have folks who spend the night, not only because of the economic impact, but because they get a better experience. They, I remember vividly being in Jack Cakebread's office uh, when I t- accepted this job, and he, he talked about how important it is for people to be able to get up in the morning and see the sunrise in the Napa Valley coming over the mountains. Uh, so that, that, that part's important. But we are doing a really good job of getting a higher percentage of international visitors. In 2012, we had about 8.6% of our visitors were from outside the United States. In 2014, we were up to 13.6%, so almost a 50% increase. And the biggest increase by far is China. Um, China in 2012 was the number six feeder market from outside the United States. In 2014, number one. Incredibly, in two years, it went from six to number one. Yeah. Do we have any data at all on the number of visitors that convert into people that buy something here? Well, we be have, it big or small. Yeah, we well, we have data that um, that shows what 
what the average visitor spends, um, and we have it broken down by whether they stay in a um, lodging facility or if they stay with a family or friend or if they're a day uh, tripper. We have we have data for all of that, and we and it's broken down by industry. So we can say they they spent this much money at restaurants, they spent this much money on um, wine, they spent this much money on shop on uh, clothing. We have all that. How many of them buy property here? <laughs> we don't have that. That's one of the other things that's hard to figure out is we really also don't know how many people have second homes here. Right. That's really hard to find. Even the realtors can't tell you how to figure that right. out. So we don't know that. Because I was having to come, you know, we, we know that St. Helena has a large population of like second homes. About a third, I right. think. And, and I was having a conversation with somebody about Calistoga that when the two new hotel, high-end hotels there come online – People will come visit, and, and I suspect there'll be a dramatic increase in the number of, oh, gee, it's great here. I like coming here. Let's buy something. Yeah, I think that's going to happen, too. And, and Calistoga has done a, you know, a very good job of making itself more attractive to visitors, and they're continuing down that path. And obviously, uh, uh, Mayor Canning has had a big hand in that. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the nexus with what Visit Napa Valley does, clearly there's a nexus with the lodging industry, mm-hmm. and, and the idea of putting heads in beds mm-hmm. is very important. Mm-hmm. To what extent is there a similar nexus with respect to the wine industry, and and really sort of steering people or making sure people get to visit as much as they can in the wine industry? Yeah, I would say the, the biggest difference is that our funding comes from lodging, and so Without lodging, we would not be here today. We'd be, you know, we'd be gone. This organization <laughs> would just be gone. Um, but on the other hand, we promote every single um, visitor-serving business in the Napa Valley, and whether or not they're lodging or a um, winery or um, uh, the Oxbow Public Market, even if they don't um, uh, pay to be a partner of ours, we still promote them because we want our website to be the most thorough website that there is. We want our mobile app to be the most thorough mobile app. Um, So we actually have over 100 um, wineries that are paying to be marketing partners of ours, which is fantastic because they're all already a member of the Napa Valley Vintners. So, and the Vintners do different things than we do, which is when when we're complementary with each other, we really are focused on getting uh, people to go to wineries, to stay in hotels, and to go to wineries. And the the Vintners are focused more on big picture on making sure that the Napa Valley as a region mm-hmm. has a has a appropriate image and they're also out doing things in the marketplace uh, from that standpoint but we have we're very tight with wineries and restaurants restaurants are the toughest to have as partners because they're all working all the time um, but you know when new restaurants open we we promote all of them whether we have a marketing relationship with them or not talk a little bit about the lodging industry and the number of new hotels that that are coming online you know there's an old story about gas stations if you have one gas station on a corner it does X amount of business if you put one on the opposite corner they both do more business yeah how much is too much in terms of lodging here in the Napa Valley? That's a great question. Um, th- there are about uh, a thousand rooms uh, coming that are pretty much for sure going to happen, right. like the two hotels you mentioned, Calistoga. In Calistoga. And as we talked about earlier, Los Alcatraz. 
Cobas uh, in uh, St. Helena for sure is going to happen. The Hampton Inn is already open. Um, the uh, um, Vivage, uh, which is going to be a uh, auberge managed resort, is is definitely going to happen. So the the, the Archer, the, the Archer is <laughs> is almost here. <laughs> almost it's incredible. Here. Yeah, it's like they must be on their fifth story now because when I w- went away, uh, it was uh, the fourth story. Um, so th- the question as to how much is t- is enough or how much is too much, it all depends on who you ask. We actually had a survey done and. Um, the the firm that we use is a very well regarded firm, uh, and they said that they thought after the five year period that we'll get about those one thousand rooms in place, they thought there was room for a couple hundred, three hundred more rooms um, in the valley. But there are very smart people on our board of directors who are lodging, um, you know, icons, and they think that that's incorrect. They don't think we have the space or the demand to get that many more rooms after we get these thousand that are going to come so um I, I wish i had the answer but it just all depends on who you ask right i mean and the demand you know grows and shrinks during certain things i mean whenever you know whether it's during auction napa valley or the film festival or you know any one of a dozen other things you always hear there's not enough rooms yeah. and then you don't yeah. hear that in between right events. well and that's why and you know this already but just to remind others um that's why we spend uh very we, we really don't spend any meaningful money on marketing the period from may through october because we're going to be basically full the whole time um we, we will market the weekdays in those periods because we usually have room except for September and October. Um, uh, 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 we have room on, on weekdays. But our real efforts are for the low season, which is November through um, April. Uh, and and, and we, ha- we do have open beds in, in that period. So we need to market those and try to get those filled and to get the, the weekdays filled. But uh, when, you know, our, if we did the best possible job, we would, we would be down to um, January and um, December as the only two <laughs> not full months. And then we could all take, you know, more time off on vacation. What impact have events like the Film Festival and Bottle Rock in particular, what impact have they had? Oh, they've had a really good event, a really good impact. Um, the Film Festival took much longer to get off the ground and to be, you know, I think they had some growing pains and some um, organization um, restructuring to do, but it's doing really, really well now. And, you know, uh, Bottle Rock had a great first year from a uh, attendance standpoint, a horrible first year from a financial <laughs> right. standpoint. Uh, but since then, the new, uh, you know, Napa, Napa-grown guys who are behind it have just done a great job. And, and you know, we would like it if it was a, in a different month we would, or even a different weekend. Um, the first year it was done on, on Mother's Day weekend, and right. Mother's Day is a, um, a very quiet weekend for lodging, I think, because people don't travel that much much and we could never get them to either them or the expo doesn't want it to go back to mother's day weekend so but we still we promote it and we help them and i and i think um they've taken a really nice book out of our page so that it's not just a rock concert it's also uh, napa valley food right. it's napa valley and local beers it's all napa valley wines it's got art exhibits that are you know one of a kind things so uh, i think that they've done a great job 
job, and it and it looks and feels like a concert in the Napa Valley, like like it could only be in the Napa Valley. Right. That's where that's how they got it right. When you travel around, you and and your staff and all the people involved in this effort, when you travel around the country and around the world, what what kind of feedback do you get? What do you hear about the Napa Valley? What's the impression that people have all over? Well, the vast, vast, vast majority of it is really, really good. And it's, um, you know, if you get outside the United States, the only um, wine region in the United States that they've heard of is the Napa Valley, even in um, China. I, I was just, I was really lucky to be. Well, China, they copy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they steal the name, that's for sure. <laughs> First time I went to China was for the Vintners uh, and did a presentation at a, uh, a, a thing that the EU put on about um uh, what they call uh, geographic uh, indications, which what we call uh, appellations, and they call it in French appellations. And so uh, right next to the hotel where they were holding this conference about how important it was to respect appellations, there was a billboard that was for these um, brand-new built condominiums called Napa Condominiums. <laughs> That's how uh, much people know about it. But it's, it's remarkable what the prestige is about the Napa Valley and how many um, people, even if they haven't been here, know what a special place it is. And I think, and I go back to this all the time, maybe too much, but nobody's told me to stop. Uh, there's so much of that has to go back to Mr. Mandavi and his efforts to get people to understand that Napa Valley is more important that the, than the individual brands. And, and the Vintners have done a great job of keeping that spirit. So when they travel to New York or to Hong Kong, I mean, all those wineries are competing with each other. But more importantly, when they go do that, they're all talking about the Napa Valley and what makes it special. One of the things you talked about before in terms of the marketing effort is getting more conferences here, business groups mm -hmm. here, et cetera, mm -hmm. particularly during those off-season periods that you were talking and about. And weekdays. Right. What, what do we need to do? Do we have everything we need to have in order to make that happen? Do we need more conference facilities? What do we need? No, we don't. really don't need that, uh, especially now because the uh, Meritage all by itself can do 750 people at uh, a conference, and Silverado and Marriott both can do over 300. So I think that's good, and I also think it's good um, that there's not a a lot of talk about it anymore because I, I I think that would be one of the things that would rile up people who think that we're already you know run over by by tourism. Um, so I don't think we need that uh, at all. In fact, we're we're doing much better than we have been just because we've gone we've gone from um, zero salespeople to seven salespeople now, and we have a really good leader of that team. Uh, and you have you have to be engaged not only in trade shows that happen around the world, um, but also we're we're doing our own thing um, that has been hugely effective, and we call it a sales mission. And what we do is we take uh, our sales team. And I always go, um, and then we invite other partners. So, and, and mostly lodging, but other people are coming now too. So, like the Napa Valley Film Festival has gone gone to the uh, last two sales missions uh -huh. that we've done, and the Culinary Institute of America is going to them now, and Pure Luxury Transportation is going to them now, and so we've done. Um, uh, all of our key feeder markets more than one time. We've done San Francisco several times. We've done the South Bay several times. We've done Southern California several times, but we've also done Chicago several times. We've done New York several times. We've done uh, Dallas and Houston several times. We've done Atlanta. Um, and that's it's, it's incredible, the turnout that we get. So we're inviting um, meeting planners, some leisure travel, co uh, corporate planners, and we get 
over 100 people who come to a reception in New York City, and then the next day we do a lunch in a different location, and we'll get over 50 people to come and listen to basically us telling them how great the Napa Valley is and why they should bring their business to us. Of course, the lure of bringing Napa Valley wine with you it probably helps, helps a little helps, bit. <laughs> it helps, yeah. Yeah, and the thing that we forget is that not everybody – uh, in different parts of the country or different parts of the world is used to getting uh, however much wine they want to ask for. And so we got to find a, a, the, the right moment to start the presentation and not let it go too long before we start. <laughs> Talk about the visitor center downtown, how it, that's doing. It's doing really, really well. And I'm so proud of it because it's, uh, it's different than any other one that I've seen um, in terms of its uh, sort of accessibility and also in terms of its look and feel. Most visitor centers are very basically they have collateral and that is sort of it you know we have beautiful chuck o'rear pictures around the whole building we've got virtually everything in there is from local sourcing um, we've got uh, napa valley books from all the great chefs that we have we have kids we have a whole kids section so if they if people have kids with them even mm-hmm. though most of our visitors don't come with that we've got things that kids can can do um We've got uh, a uh, topographical map that I love because you can actually see how the valley is formed and the two uh, different mountain ranges that we have. Um, and, and we get a tremendously higher percentage of uh, international visitors in the Welcome Center than we do in total. Mm-hmm. So in the last uh, three years, we've averaged something like 23% of our uh, uh, people who come into the Welcome Center are from outside the United States. So it's doing really well. And it certainly doesn't hurt to be next to Morimoto. Right. Is there any <laughs> confusion with respect to the visitor center that the downtown folks have down there? Uh, there's some, but, you know, uh, I don't think it's a big I- issue by any means. I mean, there, that visitor center really is more about selling wine and beer and olive oil. And <laughs> right. we're, we're not about that. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, to each their own. Right. <laughs> And, you know, what we do do now, and I'm not sure um, if uh, folks listening know, we, we now actually help fund the other uh, welcome centers in the, other, in the towns. Right. So we, we provide funding to uh, the American Canyon Welcome Center, which just opened recently, the Yontville one, the um, San Lena one, and the Calistoga one. So not only do we give them actual dollars, but we also uh, help them with training and with collateral. They get all the collateral that we pay for. They get it for free. Um, and so we want the, the Welcome Centers not to be the exact same as each other because each one of the great things about the Valley is that each town is significantly different from the others. But we want them to have the same kind of high-quality standards, and that's working out really, really well. Speaking of dollars, uh, some hotels recently, particularly in, in Yountville, have changed hands for some huge prices. Yeah. How does that impact Kind of the way people feel about prices in the valley and lodging rates, et cetera. Well, I think you know, from a consumer standpoint, it's it's almost invisible because, like, the Marriott has sold two times since right. I've been in this job, and and nobody who stays there knows that. I mean, most people, and I used to think that the Marriott owns that. Well, it doesn't own that. They have a Marriott, you know, a contract right. with Marriott. Yeah. Well, and Marriott doesn't even really manage it. There's a management company that is licensed to to manage it and Marriott's the brand name and they have to you know uh, hold to standards of Marriott but there's a different company that manages it and you know the um, 
what was the um, Avia sold, they sold all their Avias to Hyatt. And so the Andaz now is a Hyatt property. Um, but people just, you know, they don't think about right. they 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 think the brand on it is who owns it and who runs it, and it, it's not been that case at all in most in the most part. Mm-hmm. And say same with the dollars; they don't see how much the the you know Villaggio and, and Vintage and that whole complex sold for. I, I, it, it matters to the hotel people for sure. Um, it's pretty impressive. It is impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, right now things are are going uh, really well, and there are other hotel properties that I know of that are uh, at least being shopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it really speaks to the success of of the hotels. It I does. mean, they wouldn't be going for those numbers if, in fact. There weren't uh, room rentals to justify. That's exactly right. Yeah. In fact, one thing that um, we talked about briefly at the last conference is that uh, Visit California does an annual um, uh, lodging, or not lodging, annual tourism uh, economic impact by county. So 58 counties in the state of California. For the year uh, going from 2014 to 2015, the county that had the highest rate of um, uh, travel spending growth was little Napa Valley, which is telling you that we're doing pretty darn well. What do you hear, if anything, from the electeds in terms of how they see what you're doing and how it impacts what they have to do from a political perspective, either in the county or in the various cities? I think uh, for the most part, they're very happy. I mean, two two reasons. One, I think that they get that we're trying to be very strategic about it. We're not just trying to bring people in, you know, without a strategy. We're not just trying to grab anybody off the street and get them here. Um, but the other thing, of course, is the money that they're getting. Uh, right now, um, Yontville gets about 66% of its total revenue from transient occupancy tax, which uh, is the highest percentage of any any uh, city in the state. And now Calistoga gets over 50% of its total revenue. And that number's revenue. only going up. It's only going up. Exactly right. So um, uh, I think they're they're happy overall. And the city of Napa, we and we had nothing to do with this, the city of Napa sent out a, um, a survey to all of its residents, and one of the questions on there were, how do you think, uh, how do you feel about the way that tourism is being managed? And the majority of folks, like 73, Three percent of them said that they were happy with the way that it's being managed, so we felt good about that. And are you still in ha- still having fun doing? Yeah, this? I am still having fun. It's uh, I mean, we've come so far. It'll be seven years for me, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, well, I think I already passed it now. Yeah, I think it was uh, July third, um, but it's gone by so fast, and I met so many good people. Um, and you know, it's I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I uh, well early on, and I think that we talked this. about this even when you started. It was like herding cats. I it mean, was. This was a new enterprise it essentially, it a was. startup. Yeah, and it's it's a little more organized <laughs> nowadays. It's a lot more organized. Well, I had no idea what a tourism improvement district, which is how we're funded. I had never heard of that until I had that meeting with Jack Cakebread two weeks before I started, and I go what? <laughs> and so uh, it was like herding cats. Um, and it was it was two thousand and nine. So it it really was challenging to get lodging to even think about, in effect, raising their their prices yeah. to and giving some of that money to to marketing. Um, but thanks to a whole bunch of people's help and uh, and a big thanks to the vintners. I mean, one of the things that really helped us was that I had spent so much time at Robert Mandavi and then at Jackson Family Wines, and I, I was on the board of the Napa Valley Vintners, and so they were very supportive. You know, whether it was Linda Reef or Rex Stoltz or um, Ann Steinhauer, somebody was at every government meeting. 
in every important community meeting that we had uh, with the, the vintners supporting what we were trying to do. Clay Gregory, visit Napa Valley. I thank you so much for spending time with us. My great pleasure. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks. Wine, food, talk. NapaBroadcasting.com.